Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, Playmakers. You know that it's our favorite time of the week. We don't want to waste any more time, and we're super excited about this interview. So we're going to toss it on over to her and let her introduce herself. Hey, ladies. I am Ashley Capel. I'm up in Pittsburgh. My husband is an assistant coach at the University of Pittsburgh. My brother-in-law is the head coach at the University of Pittsburgh. So my brother, my husband coaches with his brother. So cool family environment here. And we are at the start of basketball season. We have our first exhibition game tomorrow. So that's really exciting. But yes, I am a mom of three boys, not quite my own basketball team, and I'm not going for it. (laughs) I'm not. We're done. Three boys, three little ones, nine, six, and three. They are off at school right now, which is fantastic. This is the only time I get to do things that I enjoy doing was when they're at school. So I'm like, go, go to school. (laughs) (laughs) Totally go. I'm a registered nurse. I work as a school nurse part-time. I work on usually Tuesday and Thursdays. I'm at a high school. And then I'm also a leader with Beauty Counter. It's a clean beauty company. have a big team. So a lot of times on my off days, I'm doing, you know, team coaching with my own team and running all the errands, going to Target, doing the grocery shopping and all that (laughs) kind of stuff in between. Both my husband and my family, they're all in North Carolina. So we're here, you know, kind of Mm-hmm. just finding our way we're southerners living up north yeah. which is always <laughs> I just had a friend that moved to Pittsburgh and absolutely loves it so are you a fan really yeah okay she's from California. let me ask I was about to say where does she come from yeah she's from California and I was okay. like okay she's gonna hate it she loves it loves the people loves it D- she just moved here just so moved. She I said wait okay, till okay. the winter girlfriend <laughs> that's exactly what I was about to say okay ask her again and like don't need, I was about to say March. No, ask her in June. In June ask yeah. her in June. Okay. okay yes. Yeah. <laughs> Got to give her some time. She hasn't been there for a year yet. <laughs> yeah. It's still, it snows in May. So yep. wait until June yep. and see oh, how she goodness. fared through the winter. Yes. <laughs> no, we feel that with the winter. When we were in Washington, yes. we were like, it never ends here. Yeah. So <laughs> like, it's fun in December and then you're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and it's it's like spring break cannot come fast enough. Like I need sunshine. Yeah. Like when, and it doesn't come until like usually April, late April. I'm like, oh my, we gotta go somewhere. I don't care where we go. <laughs> <Gun it out. laughs> we yeah, to, like sunshine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, and Ashley, we always love to backtrack a little bit because when we hear you're in Pittsburgh, we know that you're not originally from there. So how did you meet your significant other and then get into the basketball world? And tell us a little bit about your moving path, because we love to hear that. Okay. Gosh, I hadn't even really thought about this in a while. (laughs) So my (laughs) husband and I both went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. My husband was a college basketball player there. This was in 1998. I'm telling my age, but so 1998, we met on the first day of like, I don't know if it was the first day of classes, but it was that freshman convocation. So it's like a big meeting they had in the Dean Dome, the Dean Smith Center in Chapel Hill, just kind of walking around. He was with another basketball player. I was with, uh, I think like my new roommate that I had just met. We just kind of, honestly, like just kind of crossed paths and we were like, Hey, where you going? And we ended up going out to Buffalo Wild Wings. Like it was a group of us. It wasn't like a date. <laughs> and we just kind of kicked it off. Like we, you know, became friends. 
I think we ended up being in some classes together. So it was just, it's yeah, fate. It, it was just yeah. one of those. It was, it was fate. There's, you know, there's more to the story. But there, <laughs> a whole lot more to the story. But yeah, so we, we dated through, dated through yeah. college. <laughs> I love hearing when people meet in college because they're like, well. The quotes, the air quotes. Yeah, so we, we dated in college, graduated from college. We both, uh, well, I stayed in Chapel Hill a year after graduation and worked, and my husband was playing in a NBA developmental league. Back then, it was like the MB- MBDL. I think it's something else now. It's like the, <laughs> the G League. I think it's the G League now. So it was kind of a long distance thing, and then I decided to go to graduate school. I went off to Atlanta. I went to Emory University, and my husband actually ended up going overseas. Well, he wasn't my husband at the time, but he went overseas, played, spent most of the time in Italy and Japan. So this was a few years. We kind of grew apart during that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was a pause. When he came back to the States, which was in about 2009-ish, he came back. We reconnected. At that point, I was in nursing school back in Chapel Hill again, University of North Carolina, nursing school then. And we reconnected. He ended up um, getting an assistant coaching job at Appalachia State in Boone, North Carolina. So we, again, reconnected a little back and forth. It's about maybe a two and a half hour drive from Chapel Hill to Boone. He became the head coach there. We got married in that mix, (laughs) had my first son. (laughs) So we're in Boone and my husband was let go. So this was 2000. 13. I still had just one son at that time. So we ended up moving back to Charlotte and trying to figure out what he was going to do. You know, I'm a nurse. You can always find a job. Yeah. Like if you (laughs) can be a teacher or a nurse, you're good. (laughs) If you want to work, you know, so my husband did a little bit of analyst work for ESPN. So he did that for a few years. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And shortly after that, my brother-in-law who at that point was the associate head coach at Duke University. He got the head coaching job here at Pitt and he wanted my husband, you know, he was like, I want you to do this with me. Like, let's, let's, you know, one of those lifelong dreams they had, their father's dream. Um, He passed away with ALS in the midst of all of this. So it's kind of like a another fate moment one of those dream come true things and they were like okay let's do this so here we are we're in Pittsburgh we've been here this is season I think five (laughs) season four or five I think this is the start of this will be five yeah (laughs) I think and I've had one son here I did have another son back when we were in North Carolina so I had first two in North Carolina and then my third son, who's, like I said, is three now. He was born here in Pittsburgh. So that's all he knows. He does, yeah. he knows nothing about North Carolina. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> They're all like, because the first one was born in Boone. The, the, my second one was born in Charlotte. And then, and they don't remember, like, you right. know, because they were so young. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They only know Pittsburgh probably. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think my oldest one was, he was maybe four when we moved here and he's nine now so yeah. you know he didn't remember right anything. he's like I don't remember anything before <laughs> yeah he yeah so here we are oh my gosh. um we've been married uh, we're going on 12 years now wow 
So you talked about like being a nurse and being able to kind of find a job wherever you are at. Is that something that you've always been passionate about is keeping your job as a nurse or what was your evolution with that? So, yes, I always worked for me. Honestly, this may sound crazy. I'm like, I went to school too long and I yes. worked too hard yes. <laughs> to just like have this degree sitting on my wall. So, right. But the beautiful thing about school nursing is that, you know, I work, you know, school hours. Mm-hmm. So when my kids are at school, I'm at work. I don't have to work on holidays. I don't have to work on weekends. Like, because I started working the 12 hour shifts, like, and it's impossible with kids when you don't have family around to really support you. And then with a husband that travels a lot, it's like, there's, there's no way you can work a 12 hour shift right. with kids at home. So school nursing has been like an absolute blessing for me. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And then I, when I started with my work with Beauty Counter and building that team and growing through with that organization, that allowed me to step back and work part-time as oh, a nurse. That's awesome. The best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, the best of both worlds. I'm so like, I'm not, I'm not anti-boss, but it's like, it's one of those things, like once you've had a chance of being in control of your own time, like it's kind of hard to go back to, Definitely. <laughs> to <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs> I don't blame you. So. With basketball though, I'm just thinking about your career. You're like starting your career and then y'all are doing long distance. And I feel like with each season, you always learn something. And we talk about that all the time is you have these key learnings every single season that you go through. You always look back and reflect and you're like, this was a season of growth in this area. So with your first couple seasons, what was one of the key learnings that you found or that you went through that you look back and you're like, wow, I, I went through that and I overcame it? Even now, it's still like I have this just this thing about remaining true to myself, especially once you have kids and you're trying to just keep your household afloat, keep things running like as the spouse. It's so easy to lose yourself in all the other stuff is going on I mean because my number one priority is my kids like as long as they're happy I could care less where we are you know what I mean like as long as my kids are okay but you know there are times when I'm like just felt really to be transparent like just felt really alone mm-hmm. and it's like okay I gotta make sure I'm you know taking care of me so I've gotten so much better and a lot of that has to do with me working continuing to work right. like that's one of the reasons I do it I'm like that's my thing like that's my time outside of the house that I can do what I want to do. And it's, that's been really challenging. And I, you know, I talk to a lot of women about that all the time. Like, you know, make sure you hold on to, you know, something that's, that's mm-hmm. yours or, you know, something that you can always turn back into and lean into when everything else feels like it's leaning the other way. <laughs> yeah. For me, another one was like family. Cause like I said, my parents are getting older and they're in North Carolina. So it's, my mom and dad had health scares maybe two years ago, right before, or almost three, before the pandemic hit. So it's just kind of like, you know what, I gotta, because I used to schedule everything around basketball schedule, my husband's practices. I can't go out of town because who's going to pick up my kids from school? Like it's, you know, it's so mm-hmm. much that goes into rearranging scheduling. And I just, I've, you know, got to the point where like, like, if I need to go see my mama, I'm going to hop in the car. I'm going to go see my mama. You know, yeah. it's just it's about prioritizing, prioritizing right. and yeah, just holding on to those things that are most important, which I think are, like I said, family and just self-care and, and mental health. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's such a that's a good perspective though because I feel like a lot of us get wrapped up in season and you get wrapped up in like, yeah. you know, that is what you base everything around because it is yeah. a schedule that you kind of have to like take into account when you have other things going on. Yeah. But I think just kind kind of coming back to the core values of like, okay, it's also it's basketball and that's not my identity and no. you know, I have my own things going on. So yes, I love yes, that perspective. Yes. If you wouldn't mind, I want to talk about like when you first became a mom, something that, you know, you weren't expecting at all because I feel like, you know, this basketball industry and sports in general is just so crazy. But I know mm-hmm. becoming a mom is totally crazy and life altering too. So what was something that you experienced that was kind of unexpected? Let's see. So I, my first son was born in 2013 and my husband was a head coach at that time at Appalachian State. And for me, it was I encountered other coaches wives who like will keep their kids at home who, you know, don't go to games and don't mm-hmm. do things. because They feel like it's too much. It's very intimidating to have a newborn and you still feel like you need to do all the wife, right. wife things, the coach's wife things. And I, I jumped right in. I bundled my son up. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the games. It was, you know, everybody loves all the babies. But yeah, I, I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, this is our, this is a part of our life. And I know my husband wants us at the game. So I'm going to be there. Like if I need to leave, I'll just leave. But, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, my children are growing up as basketball fans. Like they, they know what it's like to go and have to sit still for two yeah. hours or whatever to sit through a game. So, yeah, I mean, it was just, I don't know. Again, it, it's becoming a mom is always just life altering. Right. I think anyway, just again, your whole priority shift again, like I said, you know, my kids are number one, like I don't care what's going on. Like I'm mm-hmm. taking care of my boys, like forget the basketball team. Forget, I mean, I, I don't know if I should say that, but at yeah. the end of the day, it's so true. Like, yeah, yeah. they're not thinking about us. No, <laughs> I play. I play the role. I play the role. Like if I need to be, you know, coach's wife, I'm over here. But if I gotta be mama, I'm coming back over right, here. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. When I'm thinking about taking your your kiddos to the games, we actually have a significant other, like um, a wife here, and she brings her kids to every single game since they were little, and she is, I mean. I just like admire her because she just, she does it. She brings them and she, if she has to go, she has to go. So I love that standard and that perspective from that. And with the kiddos, raising them in the sports industry. So we always love to ask about that because everyone's path is so different. And with that, from moving from location to location, what are some things that you and your husband wanted to set as a family standard? Mm -hmm. I think for us, like I said, I have three boys. It's just really important for us to one just make sure make sure they're in good schools one thing we like both my husband and I went to public school throughout you know when we were growing up so we you know decided we wanted our kids to be raised in public school a lot of times you know coaches they they enroll their kids in the private school just right. because you never know what the community's like how they'll respond because coach I mean it can be hard on the kids like you know my oldest son who's nine you know he hears it like if it's a winning season great but if it's not a winning season like kids talk kids are mean yeah. <laughs> like you know they say things so and you can only as parents we can only protect them from so much I'm totally going off tangent but yeah so we wanted them to go to public school like we were like we're not gonna you know, send them to private school, let them go to public school, have friends, normal friends, and normal, a normal life. Right. Like, we don't want them to feel like 
they're different because their parents are, you know, coaching at the big university, especially in a, if you're in a big like sports city or, or whatever. So that we wanted them to go to public school. And then, like you said, we just wanted to make sure that, you know, if they want to play basketball, if they want to play football, whatever it is, we want it, we want them to do it because they want to do it, not because mm-hmm. daddy coaches or whatever. Like we're very like cognizant about, okay, do you want to do this? Do you want to try it? If you don't, it's okay. We love you. We still like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's really big in our household, just making sure they're they're doing what makes them happy. And then for for me, I'm raising three black boys. I I really want them to be in a diverse community. Right. So that was always big too. Like I just, you know, want them to be around some people that look like them. Yeah. yeah. Especially as we're moving out in different <laughs> different parts of the country. Like, you know, it's one thing to be in North Carolina, like, but you know, different parts of the country are the I guess the race racial outlook is different. So we just we just wanted to be like a diverse area. We want them to grow up seeing people that look like them, but people that don't look like them, just so they're exposed to it all and can be able to adapt as they grow older in different situations, different environments. So that's really important to us too. Yeah, I think that's so important. I feel like in general, like coaches, kids kind of get the one up on everything because they do have to move around and they do have to, you know, face all these different communities and diversity and everything. And some kids don't. And some kids, you know, they they're in one city their entire lives and they don't know any different. So I think that's really, really good to also, you know, even expose them even more than they are when Mm -hmm. they move around to all these different places. Yeah. So basketball season's a little bit different than football season. We were talking about this actually recently because you guys play more than one game potentially Mm -hmm. a week. And so you have maybe a little bit of a different schedule. Could you talk about what your schedule looks like during basketball season? I know it's kind of crazy, but what does it look like? The overview? (laughs) Well, for one, I feel like basketball season never ends. And it's probably the same with football too. Like, because even during the season, you know, there's games, practices, but even the off season, there's recruiting and it like, it never stops. Like people that, that are coaches wise or coaches, families, they get married in like, the end of April or the early August, because that's like the only free time. Yeah, we have the same. We have July. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the only free time for like vacations, family, whatever. But no, so like now my husband, they're in full flesh practicing now. He's usually home by, let's say, six o'clock. My husband is amazing. He really makes an effort to be at home and to be present for our boys, because they got their own basketball games and football, flag football and all that stuff going on. So he, you know, tries to be at whatever he can be at. He brings home food often <laughs> because, <laughs> because the team, you know, the teams get a lot of times they get meals and they always have all this food left over. I hope I'm not getting anybody right. in trouble, but how is food left over? He's no, like, well, yeah, we have the same thing. Yeah. And then I'm fine. Like, I, I don't have to cook, but bring right. it. <laughs> But once the season like really kicks off and like you said, there are two or three games during the week, I just, you know, I have it all laid out in my planner. I know what's what and it depends on when what time the game is. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's a seven o'clock game at home, we'll go because I know I can get them back my kids back home, you know, and get them in bed at least a little after nine. Those nine o'clock games, we do not do. Yeah. <laughs> we might watch them on TV. We always go to the weekend games. And then as far as like travel, if it's, you know, if it's in driving distance, I would say, you know, two or three hours. Sometimes I'll go. I don't always go. So yeah, like we're used to it. Mm-hmm. My middle son is, who's six, is doesn't quite have the stamina to sit through the games. He'll take <laughs> his tablet 
and I let him play his tabs during the games that that's what he wants to do. You know, just keeping them entertained. Right. I've always got my snacks, whatever it is. And <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's just, it's life. And I know for me personally, with stuff I have going on, I just, honestly, I have to plan around the basketball schedule, like I said. And, you know, my friends know, like between late October and early March, maybe even the end of March, mm-hmm. hopefully, I probably won't be there. I still want to be invited yeah. <laughs> to, to whatever's going on because right? I might be able to get there. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, I, I probably can't be there because of basketball season. Not even because of basketball season, but because I've got my kids. Right. So it's just kind of like, yeah. I mean, it's it's the lifestyle. It's what I've grown used to. Um, you know, people that aren't in the sports industry a lot of times don't understand it. But, you know, like I said, it's it's with my friends I tell them like just invite me I might might show up you know (laughs) (laughs) no we say the same thing we think it's so important because a lot of people just they hear no or they just assume that you're so busy even though it feels so comforting just to get that invite uh, to know that you're being thought of even though your life is completely different than theirs and with the schedule I'm thinking of okay you've got all your kids extracurricular activities and you've got these games how do you choose is it always you go to the kids extracurricular activities no matter what and then if the game you can make it great or how did you base that has that always been the rule yeah that's that's it for me like I have to be there for the boys stuff if my husband can be there it's very exciting but you know otherwise he's usually at practice or whatever so I'm I'm there like it is what it is like their stuff comes first my husband's stuff you know we we might show up late <laughs> but yeah. you know we'll get there we'll get there if we can but yeah I always choose their stuff because they need to feel important too yeah. like you know and support it so and do they understand that like dad might not be able to come to some of their things? And what was that? Was there ever a conversation or was it just kind of, they just get it? <laughs> My oldest one is the, the nine-year-old is the one that is experiencing that now. And he gets it. He's just like, you know, so he'll say yeah, it sometimes. Right. Gosh, I wish dad could be here. Or gosh, I wish dad didn't have to go to practice all the time. I mean, he yeah. says it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's normal feelings, but he gets it. He knows, you know, this is, and he's, into basketball so he he knows he's like you know this is what it might be like when I go to college or, or if I coach or whatever he yeah. does mm-hmm. I, and there was never really a conversation but like I said my husband is amazing like if, if he can be there or figure out a way to be there he's there yeah <laughs> you know? that's awesome I feel like that makes such a difference too because even the feeling of the want to be there is what they're gonna remember I mean you know when he's 19 he's not gonna remember my dad didn't come to my game that one time (laughs) like he's gonna remember the overall feeling of like my dad wanted to be there and he cared yeah and even like when he can't be there like he always makes an effort to you know like FaceTime immediately after Mm -hmm. like the football game or immediately after whatever how'd it go you know tell me what happened did you score blah 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 so that's awesome I think that makes them feel good yeah (laughs) okay I want to talk about the final four because this was originally just to give everyone a backstory we tried to interview her during the worst possible time (laughs) during the final four so I want to talk about that experience how that was for you how it was for the boys what you guys Uh did give us the rundown well okay so each year if it's like in a location that could be kid friendly. <laughs> That's the word I'll use. We'll try to, you know, we almost try to make it like a family vacation, to be honest with you. We'll take them out of school. It's like, because it usually happens right during spring break. So mm-hmm. it works out. 
you know, if our team is not in the final four, then it is totally like a just a family vacation thing. You know, I'll try to go and there are like they usually have like coaches wives sessions or kind of like kind of like conference sessions. Oh, okay. So I'll try to attend whatever I can. There are different groups that host different meetings. So I'll go to whatever. But honestly, it's all about going and eating and trying new restaurants <laughs> and <laughs> just being in the atmosphere. Yeah. Like, but again, my oldest son, who's nine and is totally into basketball right now, like it's dream come true type stuff for him. My other two, my six and my three year old, are just like, okay, where are we doing? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. But um, this past one was in New Orleans, so um. I have an older brother who's there, so it was a good time just to get together. And you know, or- New Orleans is a little different, so <laughs> there's only so much we could do. And I, I have to remind myself, something like, you do realize, like most kids don't get to, <laughs> to yeah. do this. Like, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have a team in the final four, which makes it an even better experience. And this year, so I didn't even go to the game. My husband took my oldest son to that. It was Carolina and Duke, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. an amazing right. game in itself and my son had the time of his life like oh, that's <laughs> awesome. for me it's like I want him to experience this like I've been to the games you know yeah, I love right. it but it's <laughs> right. like take the kids you go I, I got the rest so yeah that's, so that's, so fun. that's it and for someone on the outside that doesn't really understand like final four I know that it's a name but there's so much that goes into it besides just these are like the teams that end up playing each other so how long does it usually start and then do you buy a ticket for that specific game or are you buying tickets at the beginning to hope that your team is at the end yeah. how does that work okay for coaches basketball coaches the final four is actually like I think it's the National Association of Basketball Coaches. It's their big conference. Mm-hmm. So like I said, they're all the things that, you know, not normal people, but people on the outside don't see is all these, their meetings and things going on. They're like all these like Hall of Fame ceremony. There's, there's stuff going on outside of the right. basketball at the big game. So as coaches that are part of the National Association of Basketball Coaches, they get tickets. Well, they don't get them. They have to buy them like in mm-hmm. advance of going to the game. I think it usually it starts around now, to be honest with you. So okay. you have no idea like who you're going to see. And I think, you know, over the years, like back in the past, people could like sell the tickets and, mm-hmm. you know, if you weren't yeah. going back, everything's so digitized now. It's, it's so hard to like sell anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you never really know who you just hope at the beginning of the year that your team is going to be there even better, you know, if they are. But otherwise, it's more about going for that experience. So do a lot of the coaches – like we have a convention where it's after season and all of like the football coaches kind of go to this one location and wives go and they kind of have things for them as well. Is it kind of similar to that where it's yeah, more of like yeah. a convention style? Okay. Yeah. There are some different other like coaches, organizations that do different things like during the off season or in the summer. But this is – like I said, this is their – this is their meeting time. Yeah. I mean, the ch- coaches choose whether or not to go into all this stuff. But <laughs> but yeah, this is like the convention for them. Oh, that's so. awesome. Yeah, one of the things that came to mind is having like a family-oriented atmosphere at your team. And I think it's so unique because you have family coaching together, which is so, uh-huh. so different than the norm. And so what are some of the maybe principles or things that your husband and brother-in-law do with mm-hmm. the team that maybe be unique to others? I don't think anything unique. I'm, I mean, we do like a lot of team events at my 
brother-in-law's house like mm-hmm. you know but it, it makes it cool because I can bring my kids yeah. and they're playing with their cousins because they've got you know three kids too and then just to be able to hang out with my sister-in-law which yeah. is cool too you know and some of the other coaches wives that you know we can do lunch or whatever anytime I always have some babysitters if I need some babysitters <laughs> which which is nice because my nieces are a little bit older they're they're teens but yeah I mean I'm just thinking like okay this is something unique for us so like I said my um, father-in-law passed coming on five years ago with ALS so we um, are really involved with the ALS Association here's the Western Pennsylvania chapter of ALS Association so every year we get involved with the big walk the you know walk to defeat ALS we have a team like it's the Pitt men's basketball team is our walk team so we usually start during the spring and through the summer But we recently did, like in September, we did this big like fundraiser at a local Italian restaurant, Piazza Tallarico. And we prepare all these meals and people can come in and get the meals with the players, mind you. The players are there helping prepare the meals and they're serving as hosts and chefs and all that kind of stuff. But it's a big fundraiser, like people from the community come in and we raise that money. And then we donate it to the Walk to Defeat ALS. And then during the season, we'll have a game where, you know, people, we can do a presentation about like ALS and just education and people can make donations. So we've incorporated that into, I guess, our family. Yeah, yeah. In honor of my father-in-law. So that's kind of cool too. I love that. I love that it's kind of a family affair. You know, you get to have everyone involved and get to kind of focus on something. I love when, you know, different teams focus on charities. And I think having it close to your heart is even better because it just makes it that much more impactful. Yeah. Okay, so we asked this question at the end of every interview. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now, what would you say? I mean, this is a little bit more personal, but I think I told you guys, like my husband and I dated through college, we were apart and then got back together. Like if I could go back, I probably would have like went ahead and got married like right after college and gone overseas and done all of that stuff (laughs) because I missed out on all that. I was in grad school, but now looking back on it, I'm like, Right, I should have just gone. Cool. And yeah, I could have done grad school. Like, you know what I mean? School's not going anywhere, <laughs> and I'm barely even like using that degree at this point. So I'm just like, gosh. But no, I just had the word that keeps popping in my head is like just being more flexible and adaptable. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I am really kind of flexible and adaptable. And I'm thinking in terms of like, you know, having to pack up and move every, you know, when I tell people like we move like every four or five years, they're like, what? You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like. So I think it's just one of those things, like, just go, go with the flow. Like, you know, it can be a very stressful time, like when your husband doesn't have a job or, you know, the season's not going great because a lot of times that, that energy is brought home. So I think, you know, now a couple of years into it, I'm just like, you know, I, I, there are some ways that I probably could have better managed, (laughs) (laughs) better managed my husband's emotions that he brought home from being frustrated at work and things like that. And just being, not that I couldn't have been more supportive because I I feel like I'm supportive, but, um, just handling things a little bit differently. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can always learn to handle things better. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like in any situation. Yeah. In the moment. And I tell people all the time, like so much of our life, our home life is predicated on these 18 Mm -hmm. to 21 year olds. Like, and that's what outside people don't see. Like, because if this player is not performing to his highest level, like, 
like we could get fired tomorrow you know right. what I mean like yeah. everything is dependent on like kids <laughs> seriously and that's yeah that's one of those things like like that most people don't they don't get it so over the years I've definitely grown and matured as a spouse or as a mm -hmm. partner like in terms of managing the things that are brought home from work. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know how to put that into nice words. No, no. it totally makes sense. It totally yeah. Makes. No, that's really good. We appreciate Ashley, you coming on and, and talking with us and just sharing a little bit about your journey and things that you've learned. And if anybody wants to reach out to you on social media or say, Hey, where can they find yeah. you? Yes, I'm at Busy Raising Kings. Just one word, Busy Raising Kings. Cutest Instagram <laughs> handle. I'm like, oh my gosh, I always love your Instagram handle. Yes, well, thank you. Well, thank, thank you, you again for coming on the pod. Yes. And thank you to everyone that's listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast or on TikTok at More Than a Season for the latest updates. If you have enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.